Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success when you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline. You will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. J.R. Spear. Welcome, everyone, to another episode on our Daily Creed podcast. And today, we have Keegan Johns. He is a father of two amazing kiddos, self-proclaimed raging optimist, owner of financial services practice, coming up on serving over a 1,000 families in the St. Louis area, proud college dropout on a mission in life to help people think bigger and better. Welcome. Thank you so much for Keegan for uh, being here on our show today. I'm excited about having you and hearing your story. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, totally. So one thing I like to do with all of our guests is just kind of dive in for you to give us an opportunity to tell us a little bit about what you do. Yes. So I uh, have a financial services business and basically we teach people how money works. And uh, it is no surprise to anyone who hears this, that we are not taught how money works, which is kind of baffling. Um, But it's true. I mean, we're not, if you're lucky, you're taught it in your household. We're definitely not taught it in school. We're definitely not taught it at our jobs. So I just want to help people understand the money game and how to have success there. Uh, And that's about half of what I do. And the other half, as you mentioned in the intro, is helping people think bigger and better and just realize what we can really accomplish and do in life. Yeah, totally. So let's dive right into that. How does money work? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, my context of everything uh, financially is I always talk to families about building a financial house. That's the analogy I'll always use. And just like if you were building a real house, there's an order of operations, right? You don't put in the appliances before the roof is on when you're building a house. Uh, But a lot of people do their finances in a backwards order. And so we help people build from the foundation. You've got to have a strong foundation. If you don't, that house will collapse. So, uh, you know, financially speaking, if you're a parent or married, a foundational piece is life insurance to protect all the hard work you're going to do. And I think the most underutilized tool in anybody's financial house is an emergency fund. I am a huge advocate of having strong, strong emergency funds. Um, So that's another foundational component. And then we can talk about getting rid of debt. And then we can talk about long-term saving and investing. And then, you know, the roof of your financial house is fun and games. And most people build their house from the roof down and wonder why their house is in shambles. So, you know, JR is in a different place, but generally speaking, I mean, you really want to work your way up. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And I like how you have the foundational pieces in this order. And honestly, a lot of people, I think they start in one area and, uh, and with, which I'm, I'm going to take a stab at it, which is going to be the debt. So people, yeah, everyone hates debt. their debt. Yeah. So that's they right. really look at the debt and they're like, that's where I got to start. But I love how you put the life insurance first and then you got your emergency fund. So um, now, when it comes to, I, I don't know if you do life insurance or anything like that yourself, yeah. but you can give your personal uh, opinion on this. What is, when someone's looking at different life insurance, first off, how much do you recommend that someone needs to have? And also, do you prefer the, the term life insurance over whole or vice versa? Yeah, great question. So real quick, very astute of you that you pointed out that most people go right at their debt because they do, they hate their debt and they attack oh. it, but it's this backwards order because I asked people this question. Imagine you paid, you used all of the money you have to pay off all of your debt. You have zero debt, but you have zero dollars saved. And tomorrow your check engine light comes on and it's 1300 bucks. What are you using to pay for that emergency now? Yeah. Well, the answer is always a credit card 
because you don't have the emergency funds. So people kind of, they take, they pay their debt off a little bit, but then they go right back into it. And it's this debt yo-yo. And the only way to break that cycle is to get in the cash yo-yo where you're building up savings and you can use that in time of an emergency instead. So that was a great observation. Um, yes. In regards to life, in regards to life insurance, I am a staunch term life insurance advocate. I uh, I would love to go toe to toe with any human being that's offering a cash value life insurance policy, and uh, I will wipe the floor with them. I promise you that. So unless you're worried about avoiding estate taxes, which uh, as married people is net worths of over a million dollars or eleven million dollars today, uh, then that is just not the product for you. So you want about ten times your annual income of low cost level term life insurance. Okay. Now I I get a lot of now I come across a lot of financial advisors and they always have a different take on there. And I don't know if this is a new concept, but I feel like I'm seeing a lot more people talk about it where it's a term life insurance plan, but it also has the investment side to it. And I don't know what the name of it, I don't know how it all works, but is that something that you do? Is this something you recommend or kind of give us your feedback on that? Absolutely not. You know, I really, you just don't want to mix your insurance and your investments. Keep them separate. You know, any investment I've ever seen that's attached to an insurance policy just does not do as well as true investments. They're also not regulated like true investments. So the costs in those things can be astronomical compared to what they would be if it was true investments because they're more regulated. So the costs can be insane uh, and the return are just, they're never attractive. Uh, And there's usually a lot of fine print too that people just aren't aware of when they buy it. So I would just encourage you to, we call it buy term and invest the difference. Meaning you're buying a term life insurance policy for a fraction of the cost. Take that savings and invest it in real investments. You know, your 401k, maybe your Roth IRAs, things like that. Okay. That, that's really good. And I've, I've always been on the same page as that where I was, my father always taught me, it's like, okay, keep your insurance separate from your investments and make sure you invest all that stuff. So it's good to hear because I've been getting conflicting um, feelings a little bit when I'm hearing more people talk about it and just not sure on which way to go. Now, don't feel don't feel conflicted. You are right. Okay, and I'm telling you, I would go toe to toe with anybody on that. That'd be a fun like game show. Put me next to someone that's uh, selling the opposite, and I'll take them down. No, I love that. Now, when it comes to the emergency fund, I know you just kind of hit on that a little bit, and I, I agree with you. Like, we just never know when something's going to happen. What is like the dollar amount that you recommend to have that in an emergency fund? Yeah, great question. And I, and I I teach wellness workshops at companies and organizations, and I draw this house out, and I get crowd participation, and I ask the crowd, you know, how much do you think you're supposed to have in emergency funds? And the most common answer I get is someone said, I don't know, maybe like three to six months of your income. And that's really close. Really, it's three to six months of your expenses because Mm. ideally those are not the same thing. (laughs) So ideally your expenses are less than your income. And in time of crisis, we can cut back if we have to, right? Maybe we're dropping certain memberships or subscriptions or we're not going out to eat quite as much. Um, But three to six months, you know, people felt this in COVID, right? Layoffs happened and uh, the world just got turned upside down. And well, why would I need six months? Well, you just found out why. So, but I think that six months can really get you through uh, until other products kick in, like maybe long-term disability or things like that. Uh, That's really good. I never really, really thought about that. Um, when, now I'm, I'm kind of going through your foundational list that you gave. So when it comes to debt, now I'm, I, I know there's mixed feelings on this, but I had learned a lot from Dave Ramsey and the crown yeah. financial and kind of following his plan a little bit, being a business owner, I kind of don't agree with some of his things because sure. you know, I, 
you know, he doesn't believe in any credit cards. Well, I use credit. I, I typically was flying for free around the entire country for yeah. you know five plus years or longer because utilizing points for a credit card and just and leveraging all that stuff. But awesome. when, it comes, when it comes to tackling debt, what is your process? And do you have a baby steps? in a way or process that you like to take your clients through? I, I do. And I want to say I'm a Dave Ramsey fan. I've taught those classes at my church and uh, I love what I do. And, you know, for talking to believers, I get to say, hey, we teach biblical finance. You know, I mean, every step of the way, you know, taking care of orphans and widows, that's your life insurance and a, you know, fleeing from your debt and leaving money behind, taking care of your children's children or even your parents. You know, those are all things that we're kind of taught and instructed to do. But um, there would be a great, we could have an entire conversation on how, uh, if you will, the lower class, middle class, and uh, we'll call it world class or wealthy, you know, I've heard it called different things, how they treat credit cards. You know, lower class thinks that credit cards free money. You know, they don't understand quite how it works. Middle class just thinks credit cards are evil. And, you know, kind of the world class talks about what you're talking about is, okay, if we have discipline, if we know how they work, we can take we can take advantage of that. Ramsey does really well as he doesn't apologize and he doesn't feel the need to explain every caveat. So he just speaks to the masses. And yes, there are circumstances where credit cards can benefit you greatly, but he doesn't need to go into that because 99% of people need to know, stay out of it. Um, But yeah, so we subscribe to debt stacking. He calls it debt snowballing. It is a brilliant strategy of once you pay off a debt, you know, maybe you were paying 300 bucks a month for that car payment. Once you pay that car off, what does everybody do with that 300 bucks now? They go spend it, buy beer. It's like, well, what if you took that $300 a month that you do have now and you put it towards your next debt? And I tell people all the time who are familiar with Dave Ramsey, I'm where Dave Ramsey, where the rubber meets the road. Like, great. You learn the concepts, let's go apply it. And yeah. so when I take people's actual debts and put it in our planning software and show them, JR, I have seen people, if they follow debt snowballing, debt stacking, they would pay off their debt like decades sooner and save tens of thousands of dollars of interest. I love asking people, I'm like, I'll show them. I go, you're going to be out of debt 16 years sooner. You have a 16 year old son. Imagine being out of debt since before they were born. Isn't that a long time? Like you got to get people to appreciate what can happen for them if they get disciplined with their finances. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely fell in the trap early on in uh, as an entrepreneur where it's like, I just treated credit cards like the middle class. I just Hey, there's free money. Let me go out there and spend it. And then whatever. And then I found myself, no joke, and more than $100,000 in debt. And wow. uh, it really, it really killed me and it almost broke me in my marriage. And I was like terrified to tell my wife. And uh, so, but I will tell you, once I learned how to actually use it and pay it off by following Dave Ramsey, I was able to pay off more, you know, all of it in less than 18 months. And by just straight That's amazing. Yeah. It was just straight grind. I want to hear all that story one day, man. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it, it took sacrifice. It took commitment. I mean, I was working six or seven days a week and I would drive Uber three or four, you know, every single day. And I always had a, I had a commitment saying, okay, I'm not coming home until I make X amount of dollars per day. And usually it was another a thousand dollars or more per week that I did. So if I made it really quick, great. I was done. If it took me longer, Hey, let's get back on the road. And I would get up at 3am. So I would only get three or four hours of sleep, go do that. And then I would, I had a sales job at the time too. So I had my full-time sales job that I covered the whole East coast. So I did that. So I get up early, drive for three or four hours, do my full-time sales job, drive. If I didn't make what I needed for that day, I drove until I did at night. And then I was running, building my uh, new consulting business, that I, which is what I have now, starting that in 2017 um, and was doing that on the side. So 
until I started building it up. And then just through hard work and all the, the commitment, you know, I, I was able to do it in about 18 months. And that's so incredible, man. And, and you yeah. know, so you, so we're on Zoom right now. So you see this blank wall to my left. And I just ordered a sign today and it says you can't deposit excuses. Yeah. Right. And so at the end of the day, it does. It takes hard. That's probably the hardest part about my job is I have to bring people face to face with their reality that they're going to have to make a change if they want something to change. Right. And I think it's just not until people hit a breaking point, like you clearly went through, you know, where it's like, all right, I'm just going to do whatever it takes to change my financial situation. And you did. And everybody can do the same thing with hard work, but also with these principles. You know, that's really how you get to the next level. Yeah. When I, when I was in Iraq, we had signs everywhere that says complacency kills. And, mm-hmm. I, and it's a good reminder. So which ultimately is your life while you're over in combat. And then when you come back, that same that same saying applies to life and in business. Complacency kills. When you get too comfortable and you get too complacent and just living this millionaire lifestyle with a small budget, you're going to find yourself in turmoil and, and and later on more stress and whatever than you can even handle. So you know, like, that's exactly right. And I imagine that phrase was much more literal in Iraq. But yes, <laughs> it still rings true here. That's a, that's an awesome uh, saying to live by. Yeah. So I'm, I'm constantly reminded about doing that. But even with people's personal finances, you know, when they get too comfortable, they got to have the passion. They got to have the burning desire and the reason to want to stay out of debt because it will kill you. You know, and, and debt is one of those things that is just, it will eat you up. Well, you're right. And we you know we don't know what we don't know. And like we said in the beginning, it's no one's taught about money. And so what I do, so I thought I was going to be a teacher for a living. My dad was a teacher. My mom uh, was a teacher too. She just started counseling for her first year this year. But, you know, I love the education component. You know, I like seeing people's light bulbs turn on and it just gets me really excited. But, you know, I think people are just, sometimes they just need to be interrupted. They're just going through their day-to-day, the motions, uh, one of my, my favorite self-improvement book of all time, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill, which is like, you know, a lot of kind of his unheard of book, but it's just unbelievable, uh, Outwitting the Devil. And uh, he refers to it as hypnotic rhythm. You know, you're almost just in a trance. And yeah. uh, so I think sometimes when when people are all of a sudden confronted with information and education, they go, man, I, I could be a millionaire one day if I saved a little bit of money every month. I never thought that's possible. Or we could actually pay off this debt. You know, I, I think a little information goes a long way. So it's awesome when people like you are doing what you're doing, because that's how change is made often. Oh, yeah, definitely changed my life, which t- kind of takes me to the next piece of your long term investing or long term saving what you want to do. But when you're when you're talking about the long term saving, I want you to kind of hit on like you're speaking directly to the, the small business owner because and, and maybe talk about the difference between a family of long term inv- savings and maybe the business owner. But since our audience are a lot of small business owners, yeah. I'd love to get your take on that and uh, and hear what you have to say. Yeah. So business owners, you know, we, we face unique challenges, right? Because we don't have a 401k. We don't have stock options at our big company that we work for often. Right. So we've got to kind of create that path for ourselves. Um, you know, I, I got to be real careful to give blanket advice, but you know, in general, I really love Roth IRAs for most people. Um, it's the only place that most people are going to get to save and never pay taxes on, uh, which is unheard of. And I, I, I think everybody I've ever met wants to pay less taxes. So we need yeah. to start there. Now, there's also some perks to being self-employed where you can open up different retirement accounts that people who are employees cannot. Um, So things, depending on if you're by yourself or if you have employees, but there's things like SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, solo 401ks, or even 401ks. And I'll tell you the real benefit of those things. As business owners, you can save a lot more money per year in some tax-advantaged situations than an employee can. 
Hmm. So if you're finding yourself profitable and you're in a position where you can save money, there are places where you can save a good amount of money uh, as a self-employed person. But everyone's situation is so different. And what where, what is that? Is that the 401k you said? Or? Yeah. Yep. Things like 401ks, even SEP IRAs. Um, and we can get real fancy. I mean, if you're a self-employed person, solo 401ks, and you can tack on these things called cash balance plans, which no one's ever heard of. I mean, I was, you speak to some high income earners, the amount of money they're allowed to save every year legally is, is into six figures, um, which is unheard of. You know, your IRA, you can put away six grand a year. So you show somebody where you can put away a hundred thousand a year that they get happy that day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I have a Roth myself where I max out and then I have one for my wife because she's a at home mom. So I yeah. maxed that out for her. And then I have a regular IRAs and then I have a 401k for my business. And then I have a Roth for each one of my kids that I invest money into each one of them for them. Wow. So I'm, Man. yeah, I, I put a lot of them. I think I put like <laughs> maybe 15, 15 to 18% of my, great. I bring home into savings, which brings me to that question. What's your recommendation on how much should someone be putting aside? Yeah. 10% is kind of a magic number, you know, when you can, and I think what happens is a self-employed people too, we think through such a different lens. Well, I know for me, I mean, I'm, I'm focused on growing my income every single year by significant clips, right? Not little 3% inflation raises. Like I want to, I, you know, we doubled our income in the last 12 months. I intend to do that again uh, in the next 12 months. But in the way I look at that is as your income grows, your percentage should increase, right? So great. You save 10% initially, but now you're making 30, 40, 50 more a year than you were. Okay. Let's say 15%, right? And you increase that another 40, 50,000. Okay. Let's save 20%, you know, and seriously, keep doing that, you know, until your income is beyond whatever you thought imaginable and you're stocking away 70% of it. I mean, that's really how I think you should treat it is the more you make, the more you save, but 10% is kind of a magic baseline number that we want to get to. Awesome. Now, as we're speaking for the day, because depending on when people are actually going to be here in this episode, it's in September 1st, 2022. And, you know, we just got through COVID and the pandemic and everything like that. And we just went through a huge hike in the real estate market and things like that. But how, where, where, where are we at now when it comes to the financial market? Yeah. Fun question. So I, I just so subscribe to the power of our market market long-term. And the more you can remove yourself from the day-to-day happenings, the better you're going to feel. I mean, there are literally statistics on the more often someone checks their account balances, the worse rate of return they get That's funny. because they, they feel compelled to do something. It's like you look at it once a month, you just feel like, should I be doing something? And then you make a change at a bad time or you, you back out because you get scared. Um, you know, what's going to happen over the next year? I have no idea. I feel incredibly confident that 30 years from now, we see tremendous growth in our stock market. And so I, I used this term earlier, but investing in the market's a lot like walking a yo-yo up a flight of stairs. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, yeah, it's up and down, but really over the long term, it's up. And this is when you're invested in great diversified portfolios, right? Now, you pick any one stock just because you feel like you've got a hunch about Tesla. Hey, that's maybe, maybe not. I don't know if they're going to be here in 30 years but well-rounded portfolios with hundreds of holdings of great American companies, they're going to be here. They're going to stand the test of time 30 years from now. Yeah. So if someone doesn't have anything in this place, and I know we went through the whole foundational pieces. So like life insurance, emergency fund, debt, long-term and, and everything else, where do you, what do you recommend that they, they do to get started? 
Yeah. So I think you got to go right where you're at, right? I mean, number one, talk to a professional. I mean, that's why I do what I do for a living. I mean, go talk to somebody. Financial advice is not expensive. Uh, and also it, it's such a unique, I mean, you feel the same way in your consulting business. It's like the only place that someone can spend money and have more to show for it. It's like, yeah. did you even spend money? You know what I mean? I mean, it's just incredible. Now, yes, there are actual costs, but you walk away with more when it's said and done. So go get, go get professional help. But Make sure you've got that strong emergency fund built. That's going to keep you out of so much trouble. Uh, and it sets you up to be able to do the rest of your plan. So start right there. You know, eliminate high interest debts. Really do what you can to stop carrying a balance on your credit cards. Um, you know, the more I get involved in, in people's financial lives, improve that credit score. That makes a huge difference. In a world of rising interest rates, you want the lowest possible interest rates, which means your credit's got to be on point. Um, and that's a really simple thing to adjust to. Um, so I think you just got to work your way up the house, just right where you are. Very cool. Well, you gave a lot of really good advice and I, I love the foundational pieces that you did. So the question that I ask every single person when they come on my show is, on my show is what is their creed? Meaning, what is the one thing that you're most committed to that you can be resilient, even through the most difficult times, showing up every day, giving your best and having the emotional and physical discipline to complete your mission? So Keegan, what's your creed? Yeah, that's awesome. So I literally have it tattooed on my wrist. So it says, think bigger on my wrist so that I can read it as a reminder every single day. And so what I've just found is that more is possible for you than you could ever imagine. And long-term, we will never outperform our beliefs long-term. And so what does that tell us? We need to work aggressively on expanding our beliefs if we want to get more out of our life. And so I really do want to help as many people as I can think bigger about what's possible. And I've seen it firsthand. You know, you do these appointments with families that want to improve their financial life. And sometimes what they want is just so small, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, there's no judgment there. There's nothing wrong with, with, you know, maybe what we'll call it a simple life or something, but I don't know if that's what they really want or if that's just all they think they can attain. Yeah. Right. And so, so much of what I'm doing right now is uh, I'm actually I'm hiring and training and developing other advisors because I feel like that's where I get to pour into people more and help them think bigger and help them realize what they can really accomplish if they go get after it. So I'd have to say that's my creed, even though our family motto is John's don't quit. And my 12 year old son runs around and says that. And uh, we're just bulldogs, man. If, if there's a task at hand, we just don't stop till it's done. That's awesome. I love that. So what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Keegan Elev. So Keegan is K-E-E-G-A-N and Elev is E-L-E-V. And that is for enjoy life and expect victory because uh, that's what we're all about over here. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, you can Google me. I'll pop right up my website. You can get in touch with me that way as well. And uh, we'll love to help anybody big or small uh, with questions financially or even just about that mindset. Very cool. And I'll definitely be posting all your links and everything underneath the show notes so that way someone can go back on it and be able to find you a lot easier. So um, make sure if you guys are listening to this, go to the show notes, click on the links and get connected with Keegan. So thank you so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate the advice and uh, on how money works. And uh, until next time, simplify. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It was fun. Thank you for listening to the Daily Creed Podcast Show with JR Spear. If you want to get more leads and grow your business, head over to fitprofunnels.com to get your free gift today. That's fitprofunnels.com. And to connect with JR online, check him out on Facebook at jr.spear.3. Or feel free to join the Facebook group at FitProFunnels. And you can also find him on Instagram at jr.spear. 